Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello Buglers, I am Andy Zaltzman and welcome to Bugle issue 4237, Summer Hiatus, Sub-Summer Episode B. The second of our quite literally august offerings to tide you over until we return at the end of the month. This week, in the absence of the Bugle, we turn to our glamorous sister publication, The Gargle, the glossy magazine to the Bugle's unrelenting heavy news journalism barrage of factuativeness. The Gargle is concocted and hosted by Alice Fraser, and you can currently see Alice performing at the Edinburgh Festival, along with numerous other Bugle co-hosts to go to see their shows, preferably having bought a ticket and laugh at them, and then tell them that they are your favourite Bugle co-host of all time. And do also buy your tickets for the Bugle 15th anniversary live shows now via the live bit of the Bugle website. Uh, there's a little live button at the top you can click, or, or elsewhere. Uh, my website, andyzoltzman.co.uk, should link to it as well, if I've set it up right, which is a big if. And it also has uh, details of my November Satirist for Hire bonus extension dates. Uh, coming later in the hiatus, uh, we will have the best of the bin, highlights from the chunks of the audio newspaper that, frankly, no one was ever going to read. If you have a particularly favourite section in the bin that you'd like to hear again do let us know either by shouting it into the ether or preferably via our social media channels um, tweet us at hello buglers or uh, do something else that might work right open wide it's time to tickle your taste buds with the latest episode of the gargle this is a podcast from the bugle it's opening night at the Edinburgh Fringe. You've been working on this show for months. No, let's be honest, since before COVID, years. It's the Thunderdome of performing arts. Your weapons are sharp, your heart is strong. You're facing the immensity of competing against 3,000-plus other shows every day for a month. You compete for ticket sales, for the love of the audience, to gather enough scraps to feed your own fragile self-esteem for just one more day. Nothing can distract you from your goal. On the day of opening night, every fragment of your mind and will and joke-writing ability must be bent to one task only... And that task is The Gargle, the only satirical news podcast that steers entirely clear of the iceberg of politics while bringing you the latest news from technology, beauty, arts, archaeology, sport, animals doing weird shit and real estate listings. This is The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for Visual World. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and the guest editors for this week's edition are rolling into the club flinging money around like a Kanye, Tiff Stevenson. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I just threw hot dollars at you as I came into the hotel room. Yeah, why did you heat them up? <laughs> I just feel it's, when you're having money thrown at you, it's nicer for it to just be like at least room temp. <laughs> <laughs> and a human weatherboard, James Colley. How are you? I'm feeling the imbalance right now where one of us gets to be a money-flinging Kanye and the other's a weatherboard, <laughs> not even a nice <laughs> bit of scrap wood. No, a bunch of bits of scrap wood pressed together through the force of love. Uh, I'm in a hotel room with Tiff, which is exciting. It's exciting. I don't think the gargle's ever been, because we started during the pandemic, I don't think we've ever, I've ever been in the room with one of my guests. No, we've never gargled at each other. No. I mean, that sounds like a horrible sex tape that no one wants to watch. (laughs) You'd think no one wants to watch it, but if you've learned anything from the internet, it's that someone always wants to watch it. Oh, yeah, yeah, we just got a thumbs up from James. (laughs) Oh, I was responding to a producer query, but that's also wonderful timing on my part. In just a minute, we will link arms and do the Havana Gila into this week's top stories. But first, let's take a look at the front cover. 
This week's front cover is a candid shot of Dev Patel breaking up a fight outside a nightclub in South Australia, proving that you are correct to have a crush on him. Correct. He's the, I think he's the inverse Ezra Miller at this point. Uh, Dev Patel, you know Dev Patel, Collie, do you have a crush on him? Oh, of course. But like, but also this was like, firstly, congratulations on the complete Adelaide experience that um, witnessing a crime in Adelaide is just, it's, it's like the first time you get honked at in New York, you know, it's just welcome, <laughs> welcome to the city you're in. The strangest part of this story for me was that Dev Patel lives in Adelaide. Like I breezed past the Adelaide stabbing part. I think it's just nice to make a Londoner feel at home. And I went straight to, <laughs> he's in Adelaide. He lives in Adelaide because every decade Adelaide gets a celebrity. Last decade it was Ben Folds. This decade it's Dev Patel. They are stepping up. Does he live in Adelaide or does, was he just in Adelaide? He lives in Adelaide. I mean, no one lives in Adelaide. No, I thought he would be there for filming. Apparently he's lived there for a year, which should have been a story every day on Adelaide News from the day he moved in till now. <laughs> Dev Patel still here. I mean, this is the thing. First of all, I thought Adelaide was getting a, a nuclear nuclear submarine facility that was what that was the big news about what was moving into Adelaide and they didn't mention that the nuclear submarine facility was Dev Patel (laughs) hold on and this wasn't during the clipsal no not during the clipsal is there just like year-round argy-bargy in oh yes am I allowed to say argy-bargy actually what's the etymology of that phrase is it to do with Argentina I don't don't think (laughs) argy-bargy is racist no, it's a, it's a classic civil war between Argentina and Bargentina. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, yeah, Argentina. It's got to do with the Panama Canal and when a, when a boat gets stuck. And <laughs> I don't know. This week's uh, satirical cartoon is a picture of Liz Truss, and that's all. It's a, she's a self-satirizing entity. Stick her in a room alone with a mirror and she'll sue herself for making a fool of herself. I thought you were going to say it's a picture of her in a port market. I mean, it could be anywhere, just anywhere. I just feel like Liz Truss is inherently... She's a Lady Boris, right? Because that's <laughs> yeah. why they want her, right? We're selling tea to China! <laughs> <laughs> Top story this week, dead spider robot news. This is the news of the emerging field, the horrifyingly emerging from your nightmares field of <laughs> necrobotics, uh, whereby some scientists, again, let's not ask why, have figured out that by blowing air into dead spiders, you can make them pick things up like a skill tester, like a terrifying, horrifying, horrifying skill tester. Yeah, that looks like what you get at the claw in an arcade. Yeah. That grabs a minion for you. Yeah. Except the- this will make children cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James, you're a terrifying spider from people's nightmares. Can you unpack this story? Well, look, you can't say this in our PC culture, but I am an arachnophobe. I just don't like them. They contribute nothing to the economy. They should not be allowed to marry. I am an arachnophobe and I'm sick of hiding. I like being very well researched from this show. I didn't click on this because I did for a second and there was a video and then I tried another article and there was a GIF and I don't want either of those in my life at all. So I would like to direct this next comment to the wonderful roving reporter who sent this in. You go f- yourself, f- you and everyone associated with you. My thoughts on this are fairly simple don't, do not f- 
fucking don't. And I don't think that <laughs> it's enough that we have ethics boards anymore for scientific experiments. I think we need an eldritch horror committee where we have like a Stephen <laughs> King sits there. You know, we have, you have M. Night Shyamalan there. Any experiment that seems like something that would happen in the first act of one of their stories, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Sorry, it's not worth it. We have skill testers. We already had skill testers. You just made them worse. Yeah, yeah. I feel like what you need, what you need is is a kind of a, a grant board slash pitch meeting in which uh, if one of these horror writers says yes, everyone else <laughs> says no. So if M. Night yes. Shyamalan is like, ooh, that gives me an idea, you're like, oh, <laughs> we're not giving you any money at all. <laughs> <laughs> But we will greenlight this project. Yeah, it can go to one or the other. I mean, necrobiotic. <laughs> I've never even heard the word. It just sounds like a 90s band. Yes. You know, like Technotronic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And necrobotic on top of the pops. Well, it's, it's necrobotics, like robotics of the dead, right? Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's something that you get from yeah. drinking your cult, I believe. You get some <laughs> necrobiotics. <laughs> this is so upsetting. Tiff, it, would you... Get a skill tester made out of a dead spider? No, it gets meta-necro when they use a dead spider to grip and then pick up another dead spider. Oh. That was a very upsetting mm. moment in the video. Um, you watched the, the video because you thing. were all brave, unlike yeah. James. Uh, yeah, I watched, yeah, no, I watched the full thing. Here's what I think. Female spiders get a bad rap. But years ago, I did a show at the Fringe called Along Came a Spider. And what I learned was some male spiders are very tricksy, right? Um, as part of the mating ritual what uh, male spiders do is they get a, a parcel of food, like a gift for the female spider so they can have sex with her, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, um, you know, just like watching the Kardashians. Uh, so basically, <laughs> they wrap the uh, present up in silk with a web, you know, and deliver it to the female spider. But what I found out is uh, sometimes they trick the female spider and it's just a bundle of silk with no food parcel inside it. And then they have sex and then they leave and then they trick another female spider, like an eight-legged Tristan Thompson. What? Boy spiders. Yes. I mean, yeah. that is the word. Like, as though you weren't already scared enough of spiders slash men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just a female spider left there going, all these eyes, I never saw it coming. <laughs> it's, just, it's just really like, I feel this is bad, bad for the spider. It's making it harder for all other male spiders out there by running this this game, running this scam. It's always just the one bad apple. Yeah, the uh, one bad spider. One bad spider living in an a, a terrible apple. <laughs> that sounds like a good kid's book. In my opinion, there has only been one good spider and it was Charlotte from Charlotte's Web and it's not because she wrote wonderful things in the web, it's because she f***ing died. There are no good spiders. <laughs> are there good spider men? <laughs> There's oh, one, but he's he's in a specific neighbourhood, and it was Toby Maguire. <laughs> oh, hello. There's an old Australian phrase that Alice Rowe, which is "I'm not here to f- spiders." And frankly, yep. I would prefer if every one of these scientists was there to f- the spiders. That would be less disturbing <laughs> to me. Be like, I'm not going to yuck your yum. Go through your life. Just don't bring them back to life. Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Americans Sitting in the Cafe Next to You. Americans Sitting in the Cafe Next to You, the podcast you can't turn off. Uh, they're, just so, they're just so American all the time. 
And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the newest, hottest social media app to steal your time and attention and then return them to you in the form of ads for things they think you'll like, bringing you Hotfox. While this week, Meta, the Facebook of the internet, reported a 1% decline in their quarterly revenue, Hotbox will never report a 1% decline because it's just a room where you go to find out about global warming statistics. Hotbox, the most factual, least social media. And a new novel is out by self-published romance maven and online bestseller Dancy Lagarde. The 13th in the Sexy Knights of the Round Table series of ahistorical <laughs> fiction with a supernatural twist, The Night and the Spring is a tale of swords, chivalry, and hydration. Calogrenant is a knight of the round table. I'm, I'm not Sorry? even making that up. What? Calogrenant. Calogrenant? That sounds like a brand of oven cleaner. <laughs> Normally, I make up names and they make me laugh. This is a real name of one of the real knights of the round table, if you think the knights of the round table are real. And how could they make up a name like that? It has to be a real name. Calogrenant is a knight of the round table, astonishingly powerful and rich, celebrated by his peers. You would think he could forget his difficult childhood as the unloved son of a distant Welsh lord's daughter and a billionaire wizard from the future, who ignored the prime directive of time travel, which is not to f***. Calogrenant was half brought up by gnomes, a shameful secret for a noble knight because of racism. But the past doesn't forget you that quickly, and when Calogrenant is drawn into a quest that challenges his knightly honour, he refuses to refuse. Blethendol is a blonde medieval bombshell with deep turquoise eyes, a shaved hairline and boobs to match. Her skin is so pale she can be hired out at night on the highways as a reflective cat's eye. She's everything one could want in a medieval hottie, but her translucent skin hides a dark secret. She offended a witch in a well and has been condemned to the fate of becoming a tempting naiad until freed by true love's first bang. Yes, she's the spirit of a local watercourse, and if you get her wet, she becomes the elemental force of every middleweight stream and gushes everywhere. When local highwaymen get access to a magical stone that gives them the power to control gnomes, Calogrenant is summoned to deal with the goblin problem. But can he bring himself to attack the people who gave him the only love he ever knew as a small half-lord, half-time traveller? And who's this mysteriously glistening pale dame with ideas about gnome equality? Find out when you read The Night and the Spring this summer. I just so happened to have a copy of uh, Lamort Dartha here and yes. just flicking through trying to find uh, Cologne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't, didn't appear in the glossary, strangely enough, but actually having looked through this now, this, this guy can't spell for shit. This is, <laughs> this is written by an absolute rube. You can't spell king. King doesn't have a Y in it. That's all the time we have for our ad section because it is now time for our Grave Wang news. This is the news uh, of the most cool grandmother you've ever heard, um, which is 99-year-old Katerina, last name, <laughs> who's decided to top her grave. Orduna Perez. Yes. Uh, Orduna Perez, who's topped her grave with a huge penis and testicles that weigh nearly 600 pounds. Tiff, you've seen a wang or two in your time. Can you unpack this story? Well, look, it's a woman who knows what she likes and likes what she knows. Yeah. She's requested it go on top of her grave. She's obviously a big fan of the D. Um, <laughs> her family unveiled the completed monument. That's my favourite bit, that everyone from the family turned up to see this five and a half foot cock and balls weighing nearly 600 pounds. Wow. I mean, that is uh, that shows that you've used quality materials as well. Yes. That shows craftsmanship. Yeah, it's no plaster wang. No, they didn't put a foam, foam dildo <laughs> on top of her grave. 
we're not going to disrespect this lady. She was 99. Um, it says she wanted to break the paradigm of everything Mexican. Is Mexican anti-Wang then? I think generally the sort of Catholic, Catholic anti, which is generally anti-Wang. Right. Um, uh, Auntie-Wang. <laughs> Sounds like an Auntie-Wang. So it says, where things are sometimes hidden because of not having an open mind. Yes, you are correct, Alice. Uh, she was always very avant-garde, very forward-thinking about things. Um, so she always said, in a Mexican sense, that we were vergas or vergar. So it's because there's a Mexican slang word, which means right. cock, which right? Means which cock, can either yes. be yeah. a compliment or an insult, depending right. on how you say it. Right. In the same way as somebody showing you their cock can be a compliment or an insult, depending on... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In, in Australia, we've gender flipped it and uh, the C-bomb, or to, if we're using the bleep button in this episode, c- can be a very negative thing. Or conversely, the sicker it gets, the nicer the person. So you can either be a c- or a sick. C- and the sickest c- is the fully sick c- who is mm. someone who you really like. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, that, we just make that person prime minister. Yeah, well, I mean, we are in Scotland. So, you know, is a greeting. Yes, yeah, yeah. They get insulted if you don't say it here. Well, like in Australia, if somebody is uh, outside a pub and they're calling you champ, you have a problem. Oh, you're done. Oof. Yeah. If you, if you, if they're calling you, you're at the same bucks night. You're having a great time. Yeah. Oh, so if someone comes out and goes, yeah, what's happening, champ? Yep. That means or tiger. Have a fight. Or if they call you tiger. Have a fight. Or big man. Oh, ooh, you're in trouble. Buddy, <laughs> friend. Oh. Any of these terms, you're gone. <laughs> terrible, terrible times. Just because we're in the land down under and everything is upside down. <laughs> uh, what we, you also have a spunk, which is oh, cock related. Spunk, yeah, that's jizz. Yeah, but or you say a he's a spunk. Guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's always seen a bit of. That's a very nineties thing. The spunk. He's so hot. He's effluent. Yeah, we we now say he's a little puddle of cum. What a, what a jizzy dude. <laughs> James, would what do you want on your gravestone? As your gravestone. I think it's nice of her to have like a one of just an average size penis. I think that's that's actually quite a nice little <laughs> monument there. Um, I, I'm not sure. I think this is. I found this interesting because um, uh, Donna Catter, who I believe is a popular musician amongst Gen Zs, did request this. Um, this is this is such a strange thing to me. I think the only real winner in this situation is the goths who were planning to f*** on this thing anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. The thing I like about this is I like I like doing the, the Morrissey, like wandering around a cemetery and doing the life and death dates. If this happened, I would assume a big penis has died. <laughs> this was this was where they cut off Godzilla's dick and <laughs> was buried on this spot. Yeah, this is the memorial to when Kronos cut off, had his dick cut off by Zeus, right? And yeah, exactly. the oceans and the land came out. This is <laughs> That's that's exactly the kind of thing. And and you know what? I think as a note on my tombstone this is the biggest cock we've ever seen. We'll work for my friends and my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have for Giant Grave Wang News because now it's time for your reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. Tiff, what have you brought in for us today? Um, I'm going to review Daydreaming. Because um, at school, if I didn't like a topic, if I liked a topic, finished very, very quickly uh, and then distracted everyone else. If I didn't like a topic... 
I would just gaze out the window and I got accused of daydreaming. Like, ugh, why are you doing your dreaming in the day? Dream at night like the rest of us. <laughs> to which I say, no, I do not want to dream at night because I get a lot of stuff done in my, like when I'm daydreaming, I'm, you know, I'm getting stuff done. I don't want to be fighting dragons at night. That's when I get my beauty sleep. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Nighttime is for resting. I like to dream during the day, fight dragons, you know, win awards. I actually actually call it afternoon manifesting that's what i prefer to use as a term so daydreaming i give it five out of five i've actually been daydreaming for like most of this podcast so far just imagining that we're recording it on a hot beach not Mm. in a hotel room off a rainy royal mile in edinburgh but we're all still here yes that's nice i'm glad you didn't dream us away no 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 i haven't dreamt you away we're just doing it somewhere hot and being given pina coladas. That's pretty good. Uh, how many out of five? Oh, five out of five. Five out of five. Solid five out of five for daydreaming. Excellent. James, what have you brought in for us? Uh, I bring in contemporary art. I, I um, took uh, my daughter around to see who is eight months old, perfect age for contemporary art. I took her around to the Contemporary <laughs> Art Museum just so I could say my kid could have done that to everything. I've always wanted to do that <laughs> at the Contemporary Art Museum. And it's not that it's bad art, it's that she is a genius. It's amazing the, the works that she's creating already. Um, my problem, it's this whole place builds itself as modern art, modern art museum. Not modern enough. A lot of the stuff a couple of years ago, a retrospective. If I'm going to a modern art museum, I want someone building it as I'm there. I want them to say, be as I get to the back <laughs> of the museum, they should have torn down the first two exhibits and say, not modern enough. Art has changed by now. Here's the new hotness coming in. It feels like everything is too dated. I'm saying two stars. Saudi Prince news now. A Saudi Prince intends to build a horizontal skyscraper that will be 170 kilometers long. Uh, and it's it's called the Mirror Line. So it might also be 170 kilometer long mirror, which is going to be in the desert. Uh, James Colley, can you tell me how this is going to go wrong? Yes, um, I've done a lot of lines off of mirrors, so I am an expert in this. Uh, so it's <laughs> horizontal it's skyscraper. It's a bathroom, right? <laughs> It's a horizontal skyscraper called the Mirror Line that is going to be built, except it's not. It's just a video with kind of PS3 level graphics that claims they're going to build this thing, which they won't. Uh, It's basically like Da Vinci drawing a helicopter and being like, see, the rest is up to you. Uh, (laughs) This has had a trillion dollars allocated to it not invested allocated and some would say how do you have that trillion dollars is there an industry poisoning the world that you <laughs> that you might have gotten a trillion dollars from ah never mind build your stupid mirror city so the idea of this is a 3d city that won't exist uh you might as well have uploaded a clip from the fifth element and said yeah just make that they did say It will be as iconic as the pyramids, and I believe it will also have about the same level of human rights observed in its construction. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently it had one big problem. The stories point out one problem with this, and they specify one problem. I have a few others, but they have one, which is that birds will hit it. And that (laughs) might be the only part of having a giant mirrored structure in the desert that I agree with, because that would be very funny to have birds (laughs) find out we have dropped a mirror size, a a city the size and shape of a mirror in the middle of a country and just be like, oh, well, this is bullshit. (laughs) Well, yes, I have the similar feelings uh, to James. 
But uh, he's, he's saying it will rival the pyramids. And I'm like, dude, you realise that's where people were buried? <laughs> like, the pyramids are tombs. Yeah. But, I mean, he might be in it as a tomb by the time it's finished. Because they're saying it's expected to take 50 years to build. I just think, I mean, it's just it's such a terrible idea. I mean, if you want to be able to look at yourself and see your own shame in the reflection of this <laughs> stupid thing that you've, this folly that you've built. And what's going to happen is it's going to be half built and then abandoned. Yeah. Um, just built enough to, for everyone to realise that what a terrible mistake it was that they could have seen it happening a m- million miles off and they'll just sink a trillion dollars into the desert and we'll all be sadder for it. Well, he wants to see himself in the mirror and I'm British, so if, when we look at ourselves in the mirror in the morning, we apologise. <laughs> That's how we do it. See, if it was a funhouse mirror, I'd be entirely on board. <laughs> if you go uptown, you look really quite tall and skinny. But if you go downtown, you look very short and fat indeed. <laughs> That's all the time we have for Desert Mirror News, because now it's time for other Desert Mirror News. This is the news that the Dune Bible Crypto Collective wants to sell its Dune Bible. If any of you remember, this is the story of a DAO, or uh, online collective, um, who tried to buy the rights to Dune, but instead bought the Dune Bible, which is to say a, a specific version of Dune, a book, um, a, a very beautiful book, but uh, not the, quite the thing that they thought they were going to buy because they thought they could make a movie of it and then they couldn't because it bumped into co- copyright issues. Uh, and they, now they're trying to get it off their hands. Uh, Tiff Stevenson, you've read Dune. Can you unpack this story? <laughs> I've watched Dune. That's almost the same. Um, the members of this club, yeah, I think we've discussed this on the show. Um, I don't know what the club used to be called, but they're changing their name to Spice Club. Yep. A members-only group instead of a body within a formal voting structure. No one wants to be a member of the Spice Club after that picture of Jerry Hallowell with Nadine Dorries at the weekend just gone. Um, that, by the way, if you've seen that image, it's bad because I think what's going to happen is Jerry's going to end up on TikTok duetting with Nadine Dorries, and if you watch it, you'll have seven days before you die like the ring. Um, it's very much cursed. It was one of many crypto DAOs. Do we know what that means? Uh, DAOs, yeah, crypto DAOs. Oh, do you say DAOs? Yes. Like the Dow Jones. If you're cool, you say DAOs. (laughs) Because it's 10x as cool as saying DAO. (laughs) So what it says here is uh, they hope to maintain the physical condition of the book, find a way to scan and distribute its contents publicly, and produce media similar to Jodorowsky's never-made adaptation of June. So far, Spice Club managed the first of these tasks paying for upkeep with treasury funds it's also funded a contest to find stories that could be turned into a tv miniseries um these projects as well as the frank miller nfts were put forward by a small core team and then passed to a vote of people who had purchased spice tokens now it's it's basically becoming the book yes across between between dune and you know mad max fury road or something yeah exactly well there's a few people who have all of the money and everyone else is sort of a a chump being exploited for (laughs) their own resources uh james have you have you bought some spice tokens yeah i you know i relate to these people because i also buy books spend too much money and then ultimately don't open them and regret the whole process i can't stress enough i have a copy of Lamort Dartha handy. Uh, I like this story because it is the story of June itself. Starts great, 
Then it turns out there's a lot of law and real diminishing returns the more you look into it. It's going to take a long time to sort it all out and it just gets into weird philosophy and economic spaces that just aren't very interesting when there could be a giant worm to ride. I mean, there is a giant giant worm to ride and it's on the grave of this nice old lady in Mexico. Uh, And this is a short episode this week because we're at the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, I'm flipping through the ads at the back. Tiff, have you got anything to plug? Yes, I'm here at the Edinburgh Fringe too. First show tonight, I finish on the 29th. The show's called Sexy Brain. You may see a poster of it if you're up here. Um, I've already been sent some pics, but it's my head and legs, like a flamingo, your favourite animal, uh, popping out of a gigantic pink brain. And so you should come and see that. That's my main thing I'm plugging all month is um, is Sexy Brain, 8 o'clock. And I think there is a streaming. I think we're streaming it on the 23rd. I believe you're streaming yours as well. Yes. So on the 23rd, if you're not able to make it to the Fringe and you'd like to watch the live stream it'll be on the 23rd of august uh james have you got anything to plug uh we've just finished up a season of gruen if you are in australia you can catch it all on abc iview if you're not in australia you are geo-blocked and since pirating doesn't exist you have no idea how to get that uh for anything from me uh jamcolly.com and also lamort dartha uh by mallory a wonderful collection if heavily misspelled <laughs> <laughs> You can find me online at, at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E, on Twitter and Instagram, or uh, patreon.com slash Alice Fraser, a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts, and blogs, as well as my weekly Tea with Alice salons. I'm in Edinburgh doing Kronos every night at 9.15 at the Gilded Balloon. Your roving reporters this week are Josh Gamsey, Lockie, Peter MacL, James Corsgadden, V Bloke, and Cult of MNTR, who all sent in the Robot Spiders news... All of you people. Sorry. <laughs> Every last <laughs> Rod Funk, Anthony West, Bo Jacobs, Jeff Spakowski, who all sent in the Dick and Balls Grave news, and Sam Garwood, who sent in the Spice Boys crypto news. That's a lot of people. If you would like to send us in a story that you think is good, at Hello Garglers on Twitter is the place to send us that in. I get them through other mediums. If you email them or uh, Patreon me them or any other form, I might use the story, but I will not remember to write your name down, and so you won't get credited as a roving reporter. So tweet us at Hello Gugglers if you want your name on this podcast and you have a good story. This is a Bugle podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions, and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.